Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. All right, welcome to Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with my dear, dear friend, Dave Damashek and heel producer, Jim Cunningham. Guys, we did it. We are in May. The calendar keeps rolling. Fun, fun sports weekend, Dave. I had my Mets won by a freaking quarter of an inch. Reese Hoskins home run, but no, it hit the top of the gate. I'll thank God for replay. I don't care what anyone says. Thank God for replay. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to go extra innings in a game that didn't need to go extra innings. For God's sakes, the Mets held on. NFL draft, your team. We're going to talk to Mike Lombardi later. What fun. It's it, it, it's all coming together, Sal, especially for 32 football towns, fan bases. Every team is now, at least in the hearts of uh, the fan bases, ha- they have a real shot at the playoffs. Maybe if things break just right, the Super Bowl. That's uh, I think that's uh, the takeaway now. Every year. Everybody. I want to ask Lombardi about this because we talk about, you know, everyone thinks these five quarterbacks went in the first round. They're, they can't miss, right? But if you put the over-under at one and a half, how many of them are going to be great? And by great, I mean, I don't know, what do we say that like Herbert and Burrow are great? I know that's a little premature, but that's how many are even that good out of five? Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like now like uh, a stick in the mud, a curmudgeon or, or whatever else yes. or a hater. But this this entire thing, Sal. We're yeah. now like, okay, before things actually kick off, we we only have a few more steps to go before regular season NFL 21 arrives for us. And they are some stuff about like how the incumbent veteran like is get, is given this rookie QB a real chance to learn about right. uh, how to do things. And maybe we'll see him about halfway through the regular season. Cut the jive. Uh, with very few exceptions, every guy who got drafted in the first round is going to be starting sooner rather than later. That's one of the layers that we still have to get through here. But this whole, like, the draft grading thing is a double down. It, it's the ultimate 21st century uh, I know. event because we're all narcissists. And this is like all these draft grades. It's kind of like casting a movie. Is basic If there were reviewers, not for the finished product, but for the casting session, like this movie that is going to be made has cast there has cast this actor and then everybody reacting to it. Like this is never going to be a good movie because I don't agree with the casting decision they made. It's a weird Hmm. layer. It's a weird step in the process for everybody to have hard and fast uh, grades on all these. things. I am uh, so against the grading of the drafts. And yet, you know what I did? I printed out 75 pages of draft grades, which I probably won't even get to look at until it's August, but I, ha- at. but I have to have it. I ha- I don't know why it, it matters because you don't know. Uh, I, again, I want to talk to Lombardi about this, but I feel like the only couple things you could really bank on is, all right, the Raiders reached, they could take shit for that, right? Because they had took a guy who was supposed to go in the fifties at uh 70, wherever they went, they went. And uh, otherwise, you can't say anyone's going to be great. I don't know. You could say your your team filled needs, but I don't know how much you. I love to overreact over the uh, the overreaction. But Dave, you made out on the draft in our draft yes, pick, our extrapoints.com yes. futures draft. You could check it out at extrapoints.com slash draft. Those are the rankings. Now, I took the lead with Baylor. That was one of my futures picks to um, win the uh, NTA basketball title, and they did. Dave is now in second. He's on the board because he had Trey Lance, one of the few. I also like Trey Lance, but didn't have it as a futures draft to be drafted third over. Actually, the third quarterback you had, which is different from third overall, um, ended up being the same. But there you go. And now we read on Peter King. <laughs> they, he interviewed Shanahan. Shanahan says, uh, I don't know why anyone thought Mac Jones was going to be our pick. And I don't know why anyone uh, thought Trey Lance was going to be. We kept it such a secret so that I didn't even tell my coaches until Lawrence was officially taken by the Jaguars. So how would anyone know anything about the third pick? But good job by you. You're on the board. 
I think everyone's a big liar. Not not everybody in personnel and pro football, but there are a lot of stinking liars. And like we talked about last week, I really think we should devote ourselves to exposing these liars who who uh, misled us. It's already a confusing yes. enough process, this whole draft thing. We don't need all these GMs throwing smoke screens like they do every year. But uh, what's done is done. And yeah, it's, I guess it's fair. Kyle Shanahan never was on the record, was he? We just kind of assumed he was. No. I don't know. What lessons can we learn to be better 11 and a half months from now, Sal? Like, what do we... Nothing. Kyle Shanahan no. nor John Lynch. Neither one of those guys ever said, oh, it's... The, yeah, well, obviously, we like Mac Jones better than anybody else. Neither one of them said that. Well, they, it's funny. There's a history. Like I said, Peter King, like, tries, well, how did this get going with the Mac Jones thing? Why did anyone... And I guess Schefter and... Uh, Sims, who are closest with the the GM, you know, what's going on with the 49ers said, we think they weren't even committed to Mac Jones going third, but the ball, they took the ball and everyone went crazy with that and ran with it. And like I said, Shanahan didn't even know until the second pro day that they were trading down for Lance. Uh, Lance is just, so it, it, it's just crazy how it's, it's overreacting. I you told bet on I, it all. It's so much I, fun. I, I told you, I told the listener repeatedly, I told Daniel Jeremiah two weeks ago, I said, it's Trey Lance. There's no way you can talk <laughs> me into Kyle Shanahan not understanding things on the level that Dave Damashek does. And he right. said, in my gut, I think that that is correct, but I hear no information that would it's lead so me nuts. to believe it's not Mac Jones. It's he so said, nuts. it's going to be Mac Jones, but I think you're right in my gut that it should be. Well, I'm glad Trey they Lance. kept it a secret. It was fun, right? It was fun theater. I guess so, for yeah. Last and, uh, month or so. We haven't spoken, Sal, I don't think. I'm, I'm almost positive, in fact. We haven't kibitzed since the bigger news. Aaron Rodgers could have been a Niner. You know, yeah. that could have been the discussion now, and now we'll right. wait and see if Aaron Rodgers goes. And by the way, let me just go on the record here with uh, a couple of NFC hot takes. One is Aaron Rodgers is not going to play for the Packers again. I don't oh, know where I he think is. he is. Do you I really? Yes, I think I he do. has no leverage other than are they really going to want to bring back this guy under this under these circumstances? I mm -hmm. hate you. <laughs> I hate you, front office. Right. They're not, he's not going to. They're going to have to deal him. I I I. It, I think he kind of would walk away. I do, do you buy that he's willing to walk away? I think he could, but I think cooler heads will prevail. I think he'll realize he was one play away from going to the Super Bowl again. And, you know, on the other hand, he could be like, well, I was the MVP. That's why I could do that with any team. What do I care? But um, I don't know. I don't know. He's going to end. So now the Den Denver is favored to to land the deal and the Raiders are second, which sucks because whoever doesn't get the deal is automatically fourth in that division for many years to come. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, take a Better look, you know, that, that's exactly right. Look at the, what the Broncos did in the draft. You'll be hard pressed to convince me that they didn't go Justin Fields in that spot. Um, just because they they were so in love with a corner. Maybe. They really, they really believe in the Teddy Bree, uh, Teddy B Drew Locke uh, QB battle going on in August there. I don't, it's such I don't a heavy it. haul, though. It's such a heavy haul. If you don't believe that, you know, we saw what the Niners offered him. It was Jimmy G. It was a one, and then it was more. So like, I think, like, it's going to have to be three ones for Denver. If anyone could do it, it's Elway, who's just like, first of all, I did it with Manning. The, the Broncos did, and they're just like, enough. I, I can't take this anymore. Great. I can't draft talent. Um, from Can't do it from the draft, but I do know good free agents in the form of an MVP. Speaking of MVPs, we got him wait in our waiting room here, Dave. Should we bring him on? I love Let's do it. Let, or, or we could just torture him with our own uh, reckless speculation. All right, here he is, Dave. Our guest today, a former NFL executive. And even though he didn't have a draft this weekend, I'm still <laughs> going to give him a draft grade of C for Cabo Goal, right? He's the host of the yeah. GM Shuffle. The great Mike Lombardi is here. What's happening, Mike? Not much, Sal. You know, I've always been a C student, so I'll take that C with great pride. <laughs> I love it. You know, remember, it's better to cheat than repeat. So I've always believed that. Well, we're going to get to that. I know you want it. So you want to talk Patriots. I say, I understand. <laughs> um, no. no, listen, we're having you on because we love you. Uh, uh, the draft was this weekend. But most importantly, I looked it up 20 years ago this week. The Pine Barrens episode of The Sopranos released on oh, HBO. Oh, one of I the greats, right? I did not know it's been 20 years since that. You know, the guy was an interior designer. You know, who knew? I mean, this apartment <laughs> looked like shit, you know? Actually, what that was filmed think? in... Oh, go ahead. That was filmed in upstate New York. I uh -huh. mean, and and so 
It wasn't even down here. I'm, I live close to the Pine Barrens. It wasn't even down here. So, hey, yeah. look, I think a lot of teams might take the same approach that uh, Christopher and, and Paulie did. We should have gone to Roy Rogers. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they chase this Russian. They think they kill him. They bring him to these pine, the Pine Barrens, and he runs <laughs> off. First of all, he's some kind of... Uh, Freak of Navy. I, I forgot what he, whatever the equivalent of as a Navy SEAL is in Russia. That's what he is. And, uh, and he, and he runs off. And that to me bothered people as much as the ending, like that, that was never resolved. I think minus 2000, I would say that he died in the Pine Barrens. Oh, I would have to say. Yeah. We saw blood come off his head. I mean, there's no way he could have survived there. He would have showed up somewhere. I mean, right. come on. You know, exactly. so I agree. He he's dead somewhere in the Pine Barrens. And I think the point of the whole episode is once you get into the Pine Barrens, nobody can find anybody in there. I like that. I like that. That's good enough for me. Uh, Mike, I tell I think you like the draft more than you like, like game day. Am I wrong? Don't correct me if I'm uh, wrong. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, look, I love the draft. I, th- we have we have now become a an event, you know, and. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I love the event as much as I love the draft. I like to hear the names. I like to know what's going on. I like to follow the entry, but it's becoming so much of a spectacle and everybody's a great player. Did you hear after seven? Did anybody say there was a bad pick in seven rounds? <laughs> Just the Raiders. I mean, I mean, well, yeah, Just the Raiders. I mean, they're always, <laughs> well, you know, it's so to me, you know, Sal, you could appreciate this being grown up on Long Island. When I went to Hofstra, yeah, I used to get up at three in the morning and I would take the train in at, at, at Hempstead. Mm-hmm. I'd go into Penn Station or, or uh, you know, uh, there and I would walk over to the Sheridan and I would wait in line at like four o'clock in the morning. There was only 500 seats and you had to get there really early to get a seat. And I'd get there and I'd wait and then you'd get in there and literally it went so fast. You know, there was mm-hmm. 15 minutes of the first round, but it went so fast. And I enjoyed that. That's where I met Joe Bushbaum. And so, yeah, I mean, I love the draft. The draft is what I, I love, but the process to get to the picks is so exhausting. Yeah. So exhausting. I agree. What do you think, Mike, though, of, I mean, you say it's it's now an event unto itself. I feel like it's the ultimate participatory, you know, in our age of participation trophies and whatever. Um, it's It's perfect for every narcissist to weigh in on after the fact to grade it like, hey, C minus for this. They didn't take the guy I wanted them to. So now I have to knock them. And it's opened up from people who have devoted their lives to it, to, you know, uh, to, to a more open field of who gets to judge these drafts. Everybody has a draft grade at this point, but there's no, it's not like a game. Like, Oh, I think the Cowboys are are, are going to beat the Eagles. There's, there is no payoff to it. Does it annoy you that now Thousands upon thousands of people issue draft grades when they haven't broken down film to the extent that uh, that the actual personnel guys in pro football are doing. I, I think there, the game the media covers and the actual game on television is so vastly different. Mm-hmm. What actually happens on the field and what we get told during the broadcast, there's a huge gap between that. And that gap extends itself to the draft. So when they're talking about players, Bill Walsh used to say this all the time. You're scouting outside in. You know, if you're Mel Kuyper and you're talking about some player for, you know, Indianapolis, you don't know what Indy wants. You don't know what they need. You don't understand their schemes offensively, defensively. You're just making a random guess. And I think Mm -hmm. that randomness has allowed everybody to get involved. The little old lady in Des Moines, she's got a mock draft. I mean, there's a thousand mock drafts. When I first started in 84, Bill Walsh made me call Will McDonough on the phone. And the morning of the draft, and, and he would make me read the Boston Globe. My college roommate would read me the Boston Globe. He grew up in Boston because Will McDonough's mock was dead on accurate. Nobody would lie to McDonough. Now there's a thousand mocks and nobody mm-hmm. knows. And it's just to me, it's, it's a little bit of I have an opinion. So everybody's opinion should be weighed. So let's talk about your team. Well, you, I know you love Belichick. And you, I mean, you mm-hmm. just lo- love what he does, and you know, love the Patriots. Does Belichick and, it, and Mac Jones fell into the lap? That was a big one. Who was taking number three, right? Trey Lance right. and Mac Jones. And now we learn that nobody knew anything really. Shanahan's coaches only knew like twenty minutes before. I don't, I don't know that I believe that, but my God, I don't believe true. that. Yeah, I don't believe you that don't at believe all. That so, I mean, really, I mean, you know, look, I, oh, he was in Cabo. He made the trade up. I think the reaction to Mac Jones caught him off off by guard. Mm-hmm. I really do. 
And I think that how Kirk Cousins was treated in Washington, how Brian Greasy was treated in Denver, I think that had a lot to do with it. I think if he would have drafted Mac Jones, he felt like the kid would have been really under the microscope. And it might have right. been too tough for him. Uh, I don't believe that he, you know, I think that trade was made for Mac Jones, no matter what they say. There'll be a 30 for 30 documentary on really? this someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think that eventually the people in the organization, the scouts particularly really like Trey Lance and kind of got him into that. But if you look at Kyle's history of quarterbacks, you know, this is not, you know, this is not somebody he would typically have draft. It would have been Mac Jones now. And I've had people in the league tell me this. I mean, everybody in the league knew he traded up to get Mac Jones. Now he says he didn't. Okay, we'll go with it. We'll see what happens. Five years from now, we'll know the story. <laughs> well, we'll know the story because Mac Jones will be a Hall of Fame Patriot in five years, right? <laughs> I mean, this, this Belichick wasn't going to take it a quarterback, right? Let's say if five, if Mac Jones doesn't fall to him, they're not going out of their way. I mean, clearly not going out of their way because they didn't trade up. Do you agree? I mean, the, the one of the greatest smoke screens of the draft was that the Patriots were trade up to get Justin Fields. Right. That's one of the great smoke screens of the draft. They were never doing that. I said that from day one, they were never doing that. Mm-hmm. And I said from day one, Justin Fields wasn't going to be the third pick overall in the draft. But the reality here is I thought he was really patient and deliberate. Had I been there, I wouldn't have been as patient. I would have tried to trade it up to get Mac. But mm-hmm. I think here's what I would say. I know Kyle Shanahan liked Mac Jones. I know Sean Payton likes Mac Jones. They were trying to trade ahead of New England to get him. Hmm. They couldn't get there. And then New England gets him at Josh McDaniels, likes him at 15. So if you have Josh McDaniels, Sean Payton, and Kyle Shanahan like a quarterback, I have a pretty good feeling that quarterback's going to be pretty good. Right. Interesting. And the anticipation, I mean, first of all, the AFC East now has changed so wildly in the last three or four years now. I mean, a lot of promise attached to the Jets uh, before they actually deliver on it. But do you suppose that uh, Cam, uh, is Cam going to be the week one guy? Or do you think, I mean, as much as you can project ahead into that, or do you think it's a, a mix of the two over the course of the oh, regular season? No, I think Cam will be week one. I think that hmm. the only way Belichick will let it happen is if, if Mac Jones on the practice field literally beats out Cam Newton to the other players. So it's so obvious to the team. He says, you know what, the guys, I got to start the guy. There's no jobs given in New England. You've got to earn them. And Mac Jones is no different than anybody else. Mm. Dave and I disagree on this. Aaron Rodgers pretty much kept quiet. He was at the Kentucky Derby. He's like, I don't want to talk about this. This is non. I, I can't speak about this. And Tariko, <laughs> they interview him on everything other than where he's going to end up. But he's minus 300, I saw odds, to take the first snap in Green Bay week one this year. Is he gone? Is he staying? What does Mike Lombardi think? I don't think they trade him. I mean, Vegas took the over-under bets of the NFC Central off the board. They also took Denver's win total off the board. Hmm. because right. they're, win, they're, win totals off the board, but they're all of a sudden 17 to one to win the right. Super, or they're fourth in the AFC. So they're, they are kind of anticipating that this goes through, right? Yeah, I mean, well, Mark Slareth had that rumor that they're trying to get him. I mean, look, I, I assume Denver would try to get him. They've got the cap room to get him. Mm-hmm. And they certainly have the need. They have a really good team. If they got a Aaron Rodgers, they would be a, a, a really good bet at 17-1 to win the Super Bowl. They've got a good team. So I, I don't see – do you want to be the general manager or the president? Because this is really about Mark Murphy. It's not about Brian Gutekunst. It's about Mark Murphy. Do you really want to be the guy who trades Aaron Rodgers? No. No way. Do you, and, do you, and, do you, and do you think they love Jordan Love? I, they, you know, There's no love affair with Jordan Love in that building. They don't know Jordan Love. They've never seen him play. He never had a preseason game. He came in late. Like you, you're dealing with, you're going to trade a really good player, a Hall of Fame player for a, a guy you don't know. I think that's really hard to say. I mean, it's easy. I, I just tweeted this out before we started. How many, the over or under on how many articles are written on where Aaron Jones will go? I mean, Aaron Rodgers Aaron will Rogers. get traded. I mean, yeah. there's probably 5,000. Everybody in their basements typing up, this is where he should go. And this is what I've heard. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see him trading them. I really don't. Do you, though, think, though, where Denver specifically is concerned, it's it's a weird move given that they have Drew Locke and Teddy B as their two guys in, in, in for what it matters in a in a QB division at this point. Uh, that's a big deficit at the most important position. It feels like the Broncos think they're getting Rodgers, right? Wouldn't they have taken Justin Fields otherwise? I don't think so. I, I'd heard that they were not in love with any of the quarterbacks. I think that they liked Lance. I don't know if they were going to take Lance. I think Elway liked – I think there was a split. 
I don't think they ever had a consensus on these. That's, I think, the misnomer of this draft was, was how much people really loved the quarterbacks. I think it was pretty obvious. Like, my question to you is, to go back to, to you guys, is to go back to Trey Lance. If that was their guy all along, why did they trade up to get him? Why yeah. did they have to give up two number ones to go get him? Well, you say, well, that's, well, they didn't have to do that for Mac Jones. They didn't have to do it for Trey Lance either. There was nobody taking Trey Lance. I mean, Miami wasn't taking him at three. Philadelphia right. wasn't going to take him at six. Say the staff draft stayed the same. Philly stays six. Miami stays three. Trey Lance wasn't going three. He wasn't yeah. going six. He wasn't going seven or eight. He wasn't going nine to, uh, to Denver. He wasn't going 10. I mean, where was he going? I mean, the same argument could be made against right. Trey Lance that was made against Mac Jones. That's true. I know. Well, you know better than I, we obviously, but we're me and Sal. But wouldn't Trey Lance be one of these guys who, um, a- as he becomes this coveted Mahomes Jr. type figure, that's that's the outsider perspective of him. It felt like that was a, there was some mo- some momentum with your ranks of like Trey Lance really might be in the wh- where this league is headed. This might be the prototype type QB that we're looking for. Therefore, the I mean, Falcons certainly, could take him at four. He has some potential. The Falcons were, I was told reliably, if the Falcons took a quarterback, it was going to be Mac Jones. But they they were not going to do anything with Matt Ryan. They felt comfortable there. Uh, my sense of it is, is I think Trey Lance is a year away from being a year away. Mm. I don't think anybody really is going to know until a year from now. Because he's through 317. He's through the least amount of passes of any quarterback who's ever been drafted in the first round. At a lowest level of competition you could ever have. Right. Right. I mean, so like, how does that justify into thinking he's Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, did not start immediately. Right. He sat the first 16 games, played week 17 for the uh, Chiefs a few years ago. Right. That was his first game. I mean, so I mean, Kyle put the franchise on the back of him. So, I mean, I don't know. This is going to be a hard one. And, And I think one of the reasons I was told that he wanted to trade up the three to get the quarterback was because he was afraid New England was going to come and jump ahead of him, which mm-hmm. could have been the case. Out of these five guys, Dave and I were talking about it. How many end up great? I would say the over-under is one and a half, and I don't even know how you define great. I guess Burrow and Herbert are on their way to be uh, being great. But what what would you say? You've seen this many, many years. What, what do you think? Over-under, one and a half. I would say five. two. I would say two at the two? most. I mean, okay. because look, Here's the reality. What? What? How did we define great? John, Dan Marino is great, no doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Dan Marino's first, year, second year in the league, he went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. From the time he turned 24 years old until he turned 29, standing next to the winningest coach in NFL history, Don Shula, they never went to the playoffs for five years. Right. So, what is great? It's great leads you to the playoffs. This great leads you to the Super Bowl. Like we have this definition, like. Great is, can he do the things that you have to do to help your team win? I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. So which two is it, if you said it's two out of the five? My instincts tell me it would be Jones and and, and I think Lawrence is great. I think it would be Lawrence and Jones. Really? Oh, come on. The Patriots can't make out on this again. What the hell? How about this, Sal? How about this? Tank for Tua. Tank for Tua. Every Alabama player, it says, without even asking them, they say, Mac Jones is better than Tua. Wow. You've heard yeah. this, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So how about the Patriots end up with the best Alabama quarterback when everybody said you should tank for Tua? Yeah, right. I know. It's insane. I think I think the Patriots are closer to fourth place than they are first place in that division, though. Now, another team that is a perennial playoff contender, at least, and generally in the mix. Talk me into Mike Lombardi, the Baltimore Ravens right now. I don't know why. They are still ahead of the Browns in terms of divisional odds right now and well ahead of the Steelers. What am I missing here? It feels like their front seven uh, is is not put together. It's older. Lamar Jackson now, another year. They had to reach for, you know, they had to get a receiver. Go ahead. I think this. I think if they change their offense, Dave, to look like the Cleveland Browns, how many times did you watch Baker Mayfield last year throw the ball to wide open receivers? down the field. I mean, it was, it was scary how wide yeah. open those guys mm-hmm. were, you know, and that offense lends itself to that. And I think Lamar Jackson spends way too much time in shotgun. I said this about Baker Mayfield two years ago, way too much time in shotgun, because when you're an undersized quarterback, you need to separate the defense. How do you separate the defense with play action? 
You can't separate the defense out of shotgun play action. That doesn't separate. We're RPOs. So get them under center, run bootlegs, run nakeds, and all of a sudden you separate it. I think that's the offense Baltimore should run. They should stop this gadgetry of running RPOs and then expand the field. And I think trading Hayden Hurst last year hurt the middle of the field. Lamar Jackson averages under six yards per pass attempt outside Mm -hmm. the numbers. If they don't fix that, if they don't fix that by scheme, by scheme, I don't know how they're going to win games. I don't know how they're going to continue to match up. Their run game will be fine. Their defense will figure it out. Don Martindale does a great job. But in order to beat the really good teams, they have to have a passing game. Until they figure that out, I don't think they can. I think Cleveland is the team to beat. They have a third-place schedule. They bring everybody back. They can run the football effectively in bad weather. And I think their defense will improve. Do you have a problem with the Steelers or anyone drafting a running back in the first round? Nigel Harris seems like a good pick, but obviously offensive line woes. Where are you just in general on running backs going in the first round? Look, I don't think there's a great value to running backs, but I think in this draft, particularly in this draft, there wasn't a lot of talent. I'd mm-hmm. rather get a talented player than take a chance on a guy in a position that, that isn't as talented. Would I rather have Nigel Harris than Alex Leatherwood? Absolutely. <laughs> now, Leatherwood looks better on the depth chart, because I need offensive line, but if he doesn't play good, you know, so I think that that I would rather have the better back. And I think people are looking at the Steelers in a vacuum. They'll get their line better. But I think this draft was so limited in talent. You better take talent. You know, take the talent. Don't ignore it. I know the analytical people say, well, you can get a back somewhere else. Yeah, I get it. But you get a unique weapon like Harris who can impact the passing game. I think you got to take them. I think every year is an exception. You just can't mm-hmm. make it a universal language. You mentioned Leatherwood, who is now a uh, a, now a punchline, and you worked with the Raiders and Al Davis for many years, and your book covers it great. It's a you worked with Davis, Belichick, and uh, and Walsh, like the three greatest minds, maybe in football, all for all different reasons. But I feel like Mark Davis is overdosing on the mayonnaise and shrimp here. Why don't the Raiders (laughs) learn? Why don't they trade down? Like that—that's the one thing you can maybe criticize for a guy who's in everyone's mock draft in the fifties. They get him at wherever they got in the middle of the first round. What 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 is with that? I just think to me, you know, Sal John Gruden's a really good offensive coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he can call plays, but it's in terms of running the old organization, being the head coach, being the general manager. I think that there leads a lot. Look at their free agent signings. Look at what they've done. I mean, you know, they're nineteen and twenty nine for three years since Gruden's been there. I mean, right. Al Davis would have never done that. Al Davis would have never picked Cleveland Farrell at four. Al Davis would have never picked Arnett. He would have never picked Abrams, a safety who can't cover and misses tackles. I mean, they have done a bad job in personnel since Gruden's been there. He's done a good job coaching. He's done a bad job in personnel. Right. Um, another guy, uh, so many diva quarterbacks, it would seem at least. Uh, you know, a lot of guys wanting out. Russell Wilson now. Pete Carroll, it seems like there's uh, some some nonsense between Russ and the organization now. Talk me into that team. I feel like the Seahawks are destined to miss the playoffs this year. I know he's never done worse than nine and seven, Russ, but I feel like this is uh, this is uh, their great getting up year with uh, with the well, rest of that division rising. Well, there cl- clearly is a lot of disconnect. I mean, look, they they paid a lot for Russ. I think Russ is ca- angry because. He's making as much as Jared Goff. Wouldn't you be angry if you were making as much as Jared Goff? You know, sure. and Goff has got everybody angry. That's the same reason Aaron Rodgers is angry. I mean, Goff made everybody angry, and so until they get better on defense, Dave, I don't know if you can count them in as a as a legitimate team. What, what's interesting about the league is this: is Pete Carroll had a defense that he started when he went up there in Seattle. You know, the Legion of Boom. And it was, a, it was an under front. It was cover three. They played zone. It was specific. You need a mic. You need all these. That defense has gone through, and people have really done a good job of exposing it. Pete Carroll can't even run Pete Carroll's defense anymore. And what's fascinating about it is the Raiders hired Gus Bradley to run Pete Carroll's defense after they torched it at the Chargers. The Cowboys hired Dan Quinn to run Pete Carroll's defense after Atlanta got better when Quinn left coaching defense in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So – I think a lot of it's going to come down to what versatility Pete brings to his defense and can they improve their talent level on defense isn't nearly as good as it once was. And Russ does have to carry the team. There's no denying it. All right. Mike's got a hard out. We got to let him go. I hate when you have a hard out. I could talk to you for hours about this stuff. It's great. Let me just, one one more, one more thing, just real quick. The jets drafted two Michael Carters back to back 
over the weekend. And I thought this immediately, and then it became a, a common thing on Twitter or whatever. Is it possible they drafted the wrong Michael Carter first? And it was like, okay, <laughs> we have to get, and knowing the Jets, I could see it happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think you could easily say that. You know, that actually did happen. It happened in Tampa Bay. Really? When Tampa Bay drafted uh, this defensive lineman from Bethune-Cookman that they didn't want to take. They wanted to take Sean Farrell, and the guy turned the wrong card in. And they took the defensive tackle from Bethune-Cookman. They had to come back and change the card. <laughs> that's they great. came back and traded up to get Sean Farrell at the top of the second. Oh, that's so good. All right, Mike. I know you got to go. Give us Thanks, some Dave. plugs. Thanks, people, Sal. people can see you and hear you. You got so much going on. Let's hear it. Well, I, I write the Daily Coach, which is an email every every morning in, in your email box about leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, I do VEASAN, Vegas Stats and Information, from 12 to 2 every day, the Lombardi line. And I write for The Athletic. That's And GM Shuffle Pod, those three, those four things I spend most of my time with. Excellent. He's got a year left with VEASAN, and then we're going to gobble him up. So, the, But keep uh, that I, under your hat. No one, no one, no one say anything about that just yet. Thanks, Can't, Sal. I, don't I appreciate it. Thanks, camping. Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Take care, pal. Good to see Bye -bye. you, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. He's always a lot of fun. Man, he really is, good. and I'm bummed, though. I, I I barely even got into it. We could have talked I pap know. about the Seahawks and, and Ravens four months from now. I want to hear what... Dang, I wanted to ask him. Well, you brought up the Seahawks. He I know I did, Seahawks. and the Ravens. I'm bummed I did. I would love <laughs> oh, to hear Isaac. what he says from the front office like what the but your your reasoning is well you just let cooler heads prevail if you're the Packers right. and I think the Seahawks are doing the same thing and the Steelers are kind of like ah we'll make things right with Roethlisberger over the course of the months and the Texans and Deshaun Watson have their mess ongoing right like what do you say how you say I just leave it alone yeah, I mean they can't leave it alone what is, what are the what are the Packers doing right now like what does Mike Lombardi if he is in that Packers front office. What do you uh, say to Rodgers to make things cool? Like, all right, man, I know, but let's just do it. We almost made it to the Super Bowl. Let's do it again. All hey, right, Joel, on. get him back. Get Lombardi back. We need to know this. We need to know the Rodgers. What do you say to them? What do you say to these people to make them, uh, you know, play ball for you? Well, it, first of all, normally, in normal situations, you don't um, go for nine years in a row where you don't draft in the first round a, uh, a, a, a weapon that could help him. Actually, the only offensive player I think they drafted since he's been there is Jordan Love, which that doesn't help him at all. So, yes, they're really uh, taking the olive branch and sticking it in his eye. Uh, I don't. But then again... You, Think about it. It's like the Packers just aren't built like that. They've never bent over for one player, right? So what all they the should be doing, franchises what the are do, like that. Yeah, right? all the ten pole franchises pretty much, I guess, say like we we do not let you know the one individual is not going to define. You know, it's I don't want to say we don't negotiate with terrorists, but a lot right. of those, a lot of those, you know, the 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 successful franchises do have that like. You, we want to hold out on us. Go ahead and hold out on us. We're not going to change our philosophy because if we give in to you, then it uh, sets a bad. But I, I do want to say this, Sal. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready now. This is the hardest game. I, I want you to think about this. You don't have to give one right now yourself because this okay. is much harder than you think it is. Predicting who's going to the playoffs, that's one thing. We know who's going. We know a couple. The Bills are going to make the playoffs this year unless Josh Allen gets hurt. Okay, I agree. Predicting who is not going to the playoffs. If you can get six teams that you know for sure are not going to the playoffs, I shall be impressed. We do this every year, oh. and it is really hard to do. I'm going to give you one right now. Go ahead. Playoffs, easier to make now. 14 total teams out of 32. The odds are not that bad uh, to get in. Mm -hmm. However, I'm going to tell you here and now, the first team, no playoffs for you. No playoffs for you, the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. There you go. Seahawks ain't making the playoffs. How do you feel about that? Well, let now? me look at it odds-wise, what FanDuel presents here for, I mean, they have uh, all the divisions are not up yet. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, there's a division. So they have the the Seahawks as the third, third to come in third in the NFC West, which would put them right. Where if you're saying Rogers moves, if Rogers moves out of the NFC, yeah. that's a big spot for that. But sure. Rams uh, definitely going with Matthew Stafford. I mean, they make the playoffs <laughs> uh, two out of the last three with Jared Goff almost win a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford is definitely going to be better than Goff. We can assume that. 
the Cardinals are going to be better. And now we're talking about Jimmy G, Trey Lance, but that's another great question for Mike Lombardi. But instead I ask you, Sal, what do you say to Jimmy G now? Like, yeah, we love Trey Lance, but we also need you to give it, uh, give it a one more season for us, Jimmy G. How do you yeah. negotiate with him as an, as a human being? Like, yeah, I know. I know we're not keeping you long-term man, but it's good for you. If you play well this year, I, I don't think he has a lot of leverage, right? I mean, now you're looking at where is he going to go is the other answer, right? Like he could, these players could be as angry as they want. And it's different with Aaron Rodgers because he's the MVP. He could actually do something. Deshaun Watson all of a sudden doesn't have as much leverage as maybe he did um, four months ago. I think Jimmy G is right there in the middle. I think he will start, right? It's different from, you know, Trey Lance is 20. Right. So I, I can't imagine him taking the first snaps for the 49ers. And maybe there is a legitimate quarterback controversy um, halfway through the season if the 49ers are like six and two. Now, we don't know any of uh, the schedules, but I it's think like Michael uh, Irvin said, though, but, my, you know, my, these things are not, um, you know, we skim over these things, but different human beings are going to react differently. It's like the great story uh, Irvin told us a couple of weeks ago about he dropped the pass in the first week of training camp and it ruined him for mm. uh for weeks on end and he didn't know if he was ever going to catch a pass again and all of that sort of thing like i don't know trey lance hey jimmy we need you to be a leader and we need you to win games like why what do i you know i could see being petulant or wounded by that and being like even yeah, though but you you're know, playing good for, for your long contract term. right i mean what's it going to do you could pout all you want but do you ever want to play football again or do you just want to yeah yeah the 2019 jimmy g is what he wants to be remembered by and now if he's two years removed because he's uh pouting about I guess it. That, I guess I that's know. the leverage the team always has over the player, right? right? Like, all right, go ahead and tank it. That that's not going to be good for you if you do it, man. Definitely, you, you want to keep playing for after sure. you leave the Niners, so you're incented. I guess that's what they have over these guys. No odds on it right now, but I would say Seahawks make it, and especially better if, like you said, uh, Aaron Rodgers moves on out of the uh, conference. And boy, would the AFC be loaded, loaded, loaded if he goes to Denver. I mean, just, that, really true. just that. Go division. ahead, give me one, Sal. You, you can you can even go you can even go with the most boring. You want me to throw you one? You All right. Go ahead. Uh, you, you can do the most. You can do the lamest one out there. I'll even allow that. I'll give you your own. Your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I mean, you have well, you have the Ravens and yeah, the Ravens are favored to win the division. You think the Browns should win the division and sound like Lombardi did, too. And that takes a lot for him to say because I know he doesn't like that team. And uh your Steelers, I would say they're a little better than even odds to make the playoffs. What do you okay. say? Let me tell you this. I am with Mike Lombardi. It gives me no pleasure to say the Cleveland Browns mm -hmm. are the favorite. And in fact, I'm expecting FanDuel and otherwise to catch up with that, with that reality or the perceived reality that the Browns are better than the Ravens. Now, I don't know why the Ravens continue to uh, to be the the slight favorite there. It's pretty close now. Yeah, it's plus it's 115 plus odds to plus way, 145. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to tell you something now and mm -hmm. you can, you know, give me the Homer tag and whatever. I, you know, people are going to put it on me, whether I deserve it or not. This is a pretty mild support for my pro favorite pro football team. Mm -hmm. The Pittsburgh Steelers will finish ahead of the Baltimore Ravens oh. in the AFC North standings. That's semi bold based on what the, uh, what the odds are on it. Mm -hmm. Hear me now. Believe me later. The, the Ravens are going to slide back a little bit. The Steelers, Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger do not have losing seasons. So what are we talking about? Uh, uh, you know. Yep. Steelers are you. fine. I like them too. I mean, although in the AFC, what makes the playoffs? It could be 11 and 6. You might have to have 11 and 6. This could be one of those things where... You know, I don't know. They have the NFC North without Rodgers, if that's the case, all struggles to get a, a team that's 500 into the playoffs and everyone on the AFC is like, oh, 11 and six. We have to go 11 and six to make it. Really? The two teams we brought up, the Seahawks and the Steelers, a lot of whether or not they make the playoffs depends on where Aaron Rodgers lands. This um, is the greatest, isn't it? We're in early yeah, May. There's baseball, really there's dumb. hockey, there's NBA. And yet uh, this is uh, this is where my passion is, too. But let me just say this to you. Chiefs and Chargers are making the playoffs. That's two. Mm -hmm. Let's say the I mean, I don't, I, <laughs> so I, I, the North is too hard. I don't know. But the the other division that's really tough. Everybody assumes the the Bills are the best team there, and they and they very likely are. But try to figure out what I just said. The Lombardi. What? Who's the last place team in that division? The Jets. Yeah. Uh, you can Is give it? it to the I mean, Jets. I feel like that sure. Jets that Jets roster looks pretty good right now. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, Joe Burrow 
was great and he got hurt, but the Bengals still ended up in fourth. There's a there's a spot for, you know, and I, I think like I looked at that. They have odds for. Oh, that's what I meant to ask him. Um, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. Hmm. You could get obviously Trevor Lawrence is favored, but you could get Zach Wilson at plus four fifty. Uh, and you want guys who are going to get reps immediately, and you know those two. Um, it looks like they're going to. A good start one is one the, a great one is Justin Fields. That's guys, a good one too. QB rookie QBs go back through the last you know ten twelve years. Mm-hmm. Worth of evidence, Q- rookie QBs who obviously need to be starting, um, guys that can take off with the ball, put up really good um, fantasy. Yeah. If, if you're a fantasy player, get Justin Fields because he's going to run the ball a lot in his rookie season. He'll score you a lot of touchdowns. So file that one. I just don't know if he starts. Uh, I mean, Dalton's favorite to start. They have odds on that too. Uh, so no, he he's going to start. Come on, Sal. Don't, Sat, don't, don't, why? You just took, after after three months of Kyle Shanahan's jive. Although, what a great thing that was that Mike Lombardi <laughs> just said. That he was says a lot that, of great things. Yeah, but that I mean, that's a fascinating nugget that he just threw out there. That the that. They did, in fact, trade up to get Mac Jones, but then they felt like it was going to be too much pressure on the kid at three, oh, given all the pushback they got. So they changed and went with we'll Trey Lance. Know. That's a crate. That's a wild. It that's is. a wild statement for Lombardi to just make there. It really is. And Think yeah, Aaron Rodgers. It changed controls history. the destiny of, of the whole the whole league here, as we just uh, his psycho. They were worried about Mac Jones psychology. He's a his ability to shoulder the pressure of being like a lot of people didn't think we should take you here, so we're not going to take you here. Right. We're going to take somebody else entirely. That's a pretty uh, huge statement he just made. It's going to work out for the Patriots. It's just all is right. I, I hated it. I, I saw it. My God, this guy falls into their lap, and then and then he's already already cheating, already a sneaky guy. He said all along he wanted to be drafted by the Patriots. How sneaky is that? Why don't you well, tell that's a big that. one. That was a big one I noticed in this uh, draft experience. Twenty one, a lot of players like announcing this year. I secretly was hoping blank yeah. team that just drafted me would draft me. That is, uh, but boy, I guess the rest of the league should be a little nervous if what Lombardi is saying is true. That also Sean Payton, another QB guy, was yeah. trying to trade up to get Mac Jones. Well, that look, be a they drafted scared. they drafted Ian Book. I guess it's not enough. Uh, what thing. they have. Um, uh, real quick, Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit twelve to one. Damn it! Why don't we just take all the Bafford horses? That's so stupid. Who is it? Kornacki? That's his name, right? He did about fifteen minutes before the race. He's like, "Yeah, it's a Baffert horse. I'm getting double digit odds." I'm like, "Oh, that makes sense." And then I forgot to put it in. You know who did? Who did take uh, Medina Spirit from our fantasy league? Mm-hmm. You know who? who? You want to guess? Well, I know Eddie Spaghetti was pushing hard for him. Uh, on, oh no, uh, on no, minus the, three. The, the 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 one where you lost the trophy, John Ham, John Ham. Is rich that right? Get richer, yeah, yeah, yeah. He took How'd the he Spirit. How I don't know. know how anyone knows. I don't know. Maybe talk to Lombardi. Kenny how about Mead Eddie Spaghetti? He called it last week too on minus three. That's right. Nice job, Spaghetti, and then celebrated um, at uh, Yosemite. Kenny Mayne gave us a horse, Rock Your World, that got bumped right out of the gate, like 75 feet into the race. He was done. I think he came in 17th at a 20th. But what are you going to do? Kentucky Derby over. So now, Dave, we have two weeks. It's not as bad as I thought. Hockey playoffs start a week from Tuesday, right? Yeah. They start May 11th. That's a week from Tuesday. And basketball starts two weeks from Saturday. So we just have to get through these couple weeks of um, – Boring games and Fandle's going to help us do that. About? Oh, great. Just, we just, I know. I thought it was four weeks. It's a, it's really two. But anyway, Fandle is making betting on NBA games even more fun and exciting with same game parlays. And for a limited time, Fandle Sportsbook is hooking up new users by doubling their winnings on their first same game parlay. That's right. Fandle will double your payout when you win your first same game parlay up to 200 dollars. Yes, indeed. Just download the Fandle Sportsbook app and make your first deposit to get started, then place your first same-game parlay on any NBA game until May 9th. Yes, May 9th. That you have a week to do it. Uh, have always great promotions, easy to use, safe and secure. You get your payouts in as little as 24 hours. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and use promo code Extra Points at sign-up. That's promo code Extra Points. I'm going to give you a winner right now. And Dave, you have one as mm-hmm. well, I believe. But it's not basketball. You have to play baseball. You're going to have to go to the diamond and take the Rockies minus 130 over the Giants. This line does not make sense. 
They're not a very good team, Dave, but the Giants have the injury bug hit them hard. Jastrzemski's out. Crawford's out. Now their second baseman is out. Uh, Rocky's worst ro- road record in baseball now come home. Uh, Herman Marquez gets back going after a couple rough starts for Colorado, who is 22-7 and seven in a home game following a road trip of seven or more days. That's why they're favored. The line is a little fishy. Take the Rocks minus 130 over the Giants. What do you think? I like it. I'm going to go with, um, you know, in the final week here, the regular season in uh, in puck. I we've been talking about this period of the regular season arriving, which is teams jockeying for seeding in the playoffs, playing teams that are playing for absolutely nothing except personal pride. Um so I say take all the favorites, the teams incented for that top spot in the Eastern Division. Three favorites for you here. Boston, plus 112. The Penguins, plus 146. And the Caps, plus 220. All playing bottom feeders in the East Division here. The only team I'm not picking that still is playing for seeding in the playoffs is the Islanders because the Sabres, Sabres have been a little bit better. The teams that uh, the aforementioned favorites are playing tonight have all more or less just laid down, have given up for the remainder of this season. I think this is uh, stealing money. Goal and a half uh, favorites, all the ones I just named for you, the Bruins, the Penguins, the Capitals to make hay against uh, some suctation. Wow. All right. So that's a nice foes. payout. You're saying Bruins minus one and a half. The Penguins, of course, you got to take your Penguins and the Capitals minus one and a half. Wow. And those three pay 16 to one odds plus 16, 10. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Those three. I like. And that's not me being a homer either. The Penguins turned into a steamroller right now. And the Flyers will have have gone another year without winning a Stanley Cup. 1975 was their last one. That's a long (laughs) one. Wow. So when the Islanders fans used to cheer 1940 and 1980 because in 82 and 83, that that was 40 years removed because the Rangers hadn't won a cup in and, and it was a great chant. 1940. I mean, what do you say back from bah, that? Bah, if you're a bah, Ranger bah, bah, bah. Right, exactly. It's, it's the same that thing amount now. of time. It's the same amount. It's almost for, it's like 38 years, right? Oh, it's more 30, than that. 30, 1975. Yeah, Where it's like we? 46 years. It's What is that? 46 no, no, years no. now. It's 40, no, it's 30. Oh, free, you're right. Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't do math anymore. Someone try to figure this out, what that is. But it's I think 46 you're right. years since they 46. won the Stanley Cup. That's wow. twice as old as Eddie Spaghetti. Mikey Meatball's grandfather wasn't born yet by the <laughs> last time they won the Stanley Cup, the Flyers. It's embarrassing. And yet cheering 1975 doesn't sound as fun as 1940, right? That's fine for me. I like bringing it up as often. No, as I, I mean, I'm just the rhythm of it. I don't know. I just try and get it going in the in the arenas. And by the way, Mikey Meatballs, you slam these guys for saying the Rangers were going to take that spot from the Islanders. Oh, they have three more games against the Islanders. What, I said they, they could. Lose, did they lose all three? I think they lost all three. Is it over? Yeah, they lost all three and they got dominated in all three. All right, good. That's all I need to know. Uh, Plenty of hockey, plenty of basketball. Let's talk NBA here. Bucks beat the Nets. Let's look at these odds to win the East now. Great game, I will say. Finally, a game I was excited about. Bucks beating the Nets. Uh, Giannis had 49. Duran had 42. Still not seeing this full Nets team because Harden was out. But if you go to the East, um, the Bucks, wow, they were three to one last week at this time, and they're still plus three thirty to win the East, and the Nets are minus one ten. FanDuel not budging off this number, Dave. What did I tell you, Sal? I that uh, about six weeks ago, Kevin Durant is somehow underappreciated. At this point, he is one of, I get the injuries. I get that people don't like his behavior sometimes on social media. Uh, Olds like Dr. J and Magic Johnson scorn modern players for (laughs) for alleged ring chasing and all of that kind of stuff as though they obviously weren't in the same spot in, in their era's version of ring chasing. But anyway, Kevin Durant is one of the you know, eight or 10 best players in history. Kyrie Irving, the way he's playing is not uh, too far behind. And then you have James Harden, if you could ever get him out there. I mean, sweet Jesus. How I don't know how this team doesn't win it. And yet I am fully rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks now. I'd like for them. The Bucks. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd like to see that happen. I'd like People, to see them I, get I feel to the like finals. they got an unfair shake. They got eliminated early. They, mm-hmm. you know, they walked off the court during the bubble. And that that had, I don't, I don't know, some negative implications right there in terms of how they were viewed. But everyone, I, I think the Nets have a bigger problem in that everyone's top scorer is going to score 40 or 50 against them. I don't know. Again, we haven't seen this team with all three on the floor except for maybe seven games. But that is a problem. Like, Giannis, like I think Julius Randle would put up 45 against uh, the Nets in, in a, a few of those games in that series. What are they going to do? What are they going to, and what didn't Middleton have 26? Am I wrong I mean, about the, that? Like yeah, all these guys are playing. Like, right. It's a, it, I, no I know people, there. the casual NBA uh, fan probably isn't tuned in yet, but yeah, the idea that it's all about Giannis is, uh, is missing that this is a, a legit team. It's not just built around the Greek freak at this point. I think yeah. they, they're, I think they're ripe. I think they're ready to make a, a deeper run than usual. I, I, I mean, but, you know, again, it just so happens that the East is a little stronger at the top, too, now. Right. Celtics fans must be losing their mind when their only two relevant players collide and knock each other out. Yeah, um, right. Over the but weekend. that's what I mean. But, like, if Tatum would score 45 against this Nets team, I don't know. I guess it makes it interesting for these earlier rounds. Now, LeBron James is not helping these Lakers. Uh, it looks like, well, I say it looks like, but they have, they have seven tough ones left. They're, right now, they're in seventh. They would be in that play-in series. Seven plays eight, nine plays 10. If seven wins, they advance. And then eight plays the winner of nine, 10. So it gets weird. I know they don't want to have to play in that. They want to beat out Dallas. It's close right now. Um, The Lakers, who were favored to win the West, now may have to play in that play-in. So they are still favored. They're plus 240. The Clippers, plus 260. It's so weird now, that, that conference. The Jazz, the better regular season team, right? Live and die by the three. They're plus 260. Clippers plus 260. Kawhi's had uh, ankle injuries for like, you know, he's missed the last five. It's been tough with the ankle injury. And the Lakers still favored at plus 240. And LeBron, Dave, says whoever invented that seven to 10 thing should be fired. He doesn't like it because he has to play in it. I think that um, I wonder how many times this has been said. There are things that people say as though it's a fresh statement every year and then they bring it back up and hope nobody remembered them saying it the year before. But I wonder if this is the most unpredictable this this close to the NBA playoffs this is the the most wide open tournament that we're about to have in 20 years might or be at least in the top 2 or 3 there's usually one or you know three really strong favorites who's the who's the heavy favorite at the, who who are you willing to really go big on at this point out of either conference no, I know the top three all have their flaws, right? The Clippers are banged up a little. They're six to one, working backwards. Lakers, obviously, trouble. Might not even get out of that playoff series, but playing series plus 460 in the Nets. Like we said, we haven't seen them enough, two to one. And then you don't want to take a chance on the Jazz or the Suns. And, you know, they could be a uh, paper tiger there or the Sixers. Oh, there might be some good odds in there, though. It's hard to say. I, I don't LeBron like what's hard to say. I, what I don't like is, is like you like the idea of we got to get hardened. KD and Kyrie on the floor together, but then you look at the Lakers and now they do have everybody on the floor together and it, and you realize, oh yeah, I guess it's not a fantasy lineup. This is reality and there's a lack of chemistry out there and how quickly yeah. can they figure it out? You know, if you gave the Lakers another six weeks to figure it out, they would be the best team. That's a thing. They're, but they're yeah. not, but they're not going to get it. It makes me nervous, by the way, as a Penguins fan with Geno Malkin about to return that as well as that team's playing. Now you're going to inject one of the biggest superstars into it, but he's going to change the dynamic. So suddenly watching um, the Lakers struggle has made me nervous about, uh, about what the you want to get all your horses on the floor. You want, you don't want to peak too early. You don't want to peak too late and you don't want to play in that seven ten. This is all of a sudden a big game for the Lakers tonight, three and a half point underdog home against the Nuggets. And the MVP of the league, Nikola Jokic. I'll say it your way, Dave. I'll, I'm going to try it. Nikola Jokic. Uh, uh, he's running away with it right now. You can't really. I think he's minus, is he seven? Minus 850 for MVP. So Embiid and Curry, they've had their fun, but Jokic is getting it. But Lakers, sure. this is their schedule. This is tough. Uh, home against the Nuggets, at the Clippers, whatever, at the Clippers, uh, at Portland, home against the Suns. Home against the Knicks, who don't lay down for anyone, and then uh, home against the Rockets. Then it gets a little bit easier. But oh boy, you go two and three there, you have a legitimate shot at being in that play-in series. It's going to be fun. 
So yeah, I've convinced though, myself it's going to be fun the next couple of weeks. Imagine if you woke up from a coma, though. You fell into mm-hmm. a coma in 1999, and then you you just woke up. Or forget that, 2005. And somebody said, like, look at look at uh, how big the Lakers' front line is. And here are their career individual statistics. I'm going to show you Drummond along with, uh, yeah. with Anthony Davis. And by the way, Marcus Gasol and, uh, and Harrell and otherwise, plus the best player or one of the best players to ever do in LeBron. That, that that's going to be rendered moot by the the calendar year 2021. It doesn't matter that you have that kind of size and talent up front, and it's not going to rule it is the weird. day. It seems like we. I I feel like maybe the Lakers. This is this is uh, buying the stock nice and low. There there's a chance. I I I'm going to stick with the the Lakers here. That they're going to get it figured out in time. Sticking with them and hmm. and be a force out of the West. I, I need to see a little more. I don't think those odds change a little, so I'll, I I want to see another week of the Lakers. They got they have to they have to start winning. They can't blow all these games to uh to top teams. Hey, Crown Royal believes this is what they believe, Dave. That being a Royal fan this season means staying safe, generously supporting a community, and drinking responsibly while rooting on your team. That's how to crown your game day. That's exactly how to do it. My Crown Royal athlete of the week. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes. Could have gone with a couple. Porter at 50. That was a fun game. I could have gone with uh, Burns, 24-year-old, maybe money, the golf tournament. But I'm going Giannis. 49 to KD's 42. He sent a message. He's like, hey, I'm two-time MVP. I sprained my ankle. He sprained his ankle earlier in the week. He was going to miss some time. Not only didn't he miss time, puts up 42. He's like, all right, KD, you want to be better than me? You better score 50. Wasn't the case. Milwaukee wins. Great game at home. Uh, still a force in the East. Not bad at plus 330. I had them at 3-1 to one odds early in the week. They went to plus 330. Keep an eye on them. Keep an eye on Giannis. He is my Crown Royal Athlete of the Week. Very nice, Sal. And, you know, we talk about draft graders and everything. And it's just a shame that philosophically it kind of uh, it, it kind of soils the otherwise euphoric moment that these young guys and their families get. They, you know, they're suddenly wealthy and headed to the highest level and everything else. But uh, so it, it it's a shame that we have to sully that. But one pick that the universe of football fans can get behind the seventh round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Presley Harvin the third from Georgia Tech, the rambling wreck. He's a fat guy, Sal. He's a punter. Mm, he's I saw he's this. not a. He, he, he's, he's a man of a man of his carriage is not supposed to be doing anything in the NFL. And I don't think we've ever seen a kicker this fat, uh, a punter. I a should punter. Say. Yeah. This we used to fat. Have we've place seen kickers. fat kickers. Yes. yes. Tony Fritch. There used to be some we'd get from uh, my number one, Tony Fritch, Don okay. Cockroft. Yeah. The head on kickers. Yeah. They were, they were fat. Seabass yeah. was fat himself, yeah. but a fat punter. Maybe Shane Leckler had a little pot belly in his uh, in his late days with the Raiders, but man, oh man, this, he is a vision out there. He booms the ball. He's a, he's a talent <laughs> away. This is going to be delightful. Even if we do go, even if all the doom and gloomers are right, and the Steelers end up going three and fourteen, so what? We got a fat punter. I'm in for 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers football. Thanks, fat punter. There you go. That'd be great. I want to see him chase down one high snap. You know how the Steelers love with the high snaps, right? Just uh, just one over his hand. Just to turn around and run after it. That'll be fun. Maybe he hey, could but be an good- offensive lineman, right? Maybe that's what they thought. Like, hey, we need dual dual purpose here. Somebody needs throw to block the ball for too? Harris. Yeah, the world's our oyster, Sal. We got the, the, we're going to be running fake punts, you know. Every yeah. other every other punt. I don't know how much they're going to be punting with the high powered offense led by Najee Harris and Big Big Ben Roethlisberger. But it really doesn't matter. Um, you you didn't react to my proclamation that the Steelers will fill. It. I, we we let's get some stakes if you're if you're serious about that, or better yet, I want a Ravens fan to to rise up and and make a, a big bet. I got to see where Rodgers ends up. Honestly, it it, it shifts both. To, okay, who's like ahead, of, who's for, ahead for, of whom in that rivalry? Ravens or Steelers? I think the Steelers are ahead of the Ravens right now. I think yeah, they but, finish the season ahead of that. Team. Yeah, but you might only get one from that. Uh, are we talking playoffs? Because you might I'm only get one from that I'm just talking straight up head-to-head record. I'm telling you that the Steelers right. will win more games than the Ravens Oh, do. I see. Okay. By the way, you know Lamar Jackson's never beaten the Steelers. Wait a second. Is that right? No, that's not true. No, no. 
He's never no. beaten Roethlisberger. He beat uh, Duck Hodges. Is, what is that true? Wow. All right. Either way, that was a Crown Royal water break. Moderate your drinking on game day. Stay hydrated. Stay royal. For more tips on how to crown your game day, visit at Crown Royal on Instagram. Oh, there's so much football to talk now. Baker Mayfield's the one with all the pressure on him, though. Can he handle it, South? That's yeah. the real question. Is Joel, Bake what ready? Because that's the best roster there is. Now Bake's just got to serve his trigger, man. And they, that team, next stop, Los Angeles, California, Super Bowl 50, whatever it is. Show me show me more than three to four very impressive games, Baker. And then, uh, you know, that's a quarter of the season that you dominated. Why I are guess, you a hater, Sal? Why, I'm do you not, ha- why are just, you hating on Bake, man? I don't, but why? He's uh, the man. Yeah, I want to see more than half of your body of work be um you know above par uh joel you're a steelers fan you like this running back uh choice you like the punter i think uh this is we're gonna have to bring back the savenge tour because this really is it this really whereas the packers don't do anything for their quarterback the steelers pushed even more chips on the table got ben more toys dave savenge tour this this though the, the real the real last avenged tour. that's mm. it that's right and let me tell you something else three months ago oh it was the worst situation you, you could possibly conceive of now it's pretty enviable if you're a packers fan a seahawks fan a texans fan or otherwise but the steelers oh they have a they have a relatively good relationship with their future hall of fame quarterback Oh, oh, but that said, I mean, I'm with Sal. They missed the playoffs. The Browns got <laughs> I didn't say that. The, Brown, the Browns got uh, tougher, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm legit scared. I, I I think, okay, let me put it this way. And I, I still think Aaron Rodgers is staying, but which team is more likely to get to 11 and 6? The, the Broncos with Aaron Rodgers or the Steelers? I mean, I don't know that there's a wrong answer. One doesn't prevent the other, although they do play head to head at some point, which would be something yeah, if you suddenly drop that into teams. the right into the equation. There, I, I mean, listen, it goes back to what it goes back to what I keep saying is: tell me who's definitely going to be bad. The Texans, we know, are not going to be a great team. I know, I get it, but I mean, who's you know, the, I I can make a pretty good case for uh, sure. Uh, who's bad in the AFC East this year? There's just not a bum t- the the. AFC South, I think you circle. They're Carson Wentz away from being a, a crummy division. Listen, um, I'm I'm the best prognosticator in football history. I picked nine in a row on the Thursday night football. And this time last year, I had the Jets to win the AFC East. Now, it was before Mobley opted out and before they tra- traded Jamal Adams. But um, that was a bad pick. Really, really bad. Uh, I think I'm going to go watch the Pine Barrens episode again. That was really good. Sopranos. Oh. 20 years. Where the frick? What the hell? 20 years. Remember how great that was. Best uh, best 21st century TV show, Sal? I think so. Hmm? I think so. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you say? Yeah. I, I, I loved so. it. Love Mad Men. Yeah. Yep. I think I have. I, I think I have to go because it's. I think it's the most exciting TV show I've ever watched is Breaking Bad. If you can. I, it's funny. I've talked with people about Breaking Bad. And they say, I couldn't get through the first season. I couldn't get through the first. I, it's a shame because if you can just get to the oh, yeah. second to last episode of season one, from that point, it's a, it's a, it's the best roller coaster ride in TV history. Well, people on Twitter will say, oh, I'm crying my eyes out. Oh, I'm ripping my hair out. But I think um, for many, as far as intensity goes, I, I stood during uh, a large part of many of those breaking bad episodes <laughs> i stood up right like but people <laughs> the hyperbole is is endless on twitter like i did this i did this but i actually did stand i'm trying to think of how many i stood for i think breaking bad probably had more solid episodes than the sopranos but the ones that sopranos hit did the standing work grand slams yeah it worked oh, i did good i burned no calories look at me picture of health dave uh minus three early this week right you got one coming out today yeah, we're going early. It uh, just uh, we we kind of felt like we needed to do an emergency episode. There's a lot of uh, hullabaloo, a lot of a lot of jive going down between Eddie Spaghetti and Matt Money Smith, voice of the Chargers. So that was the cause initially of it. But 
now with draft reaction and otherwise, I, I, I feel compelled to get the old band together. Matt Money Smith, uh, Handsome Hank Hodgson, and Eddie Spaghetti and myself will be chopping up the NFL draft and the game of life coming at you by the cloak of night tonight, Monday. I love it. I love it. We got a lot going on. Uh, lemon pepper parlay. Um, laugh lines. Who's on laugh lines this week, Joel? It's me and Rachel Bonetta. And Giannis Pappas. Oh, Giannis Pappas. That'll be fun. The Betting Academy, Gina Paradiso and Kendrick Perkins. Perk, red hot with these first half picks. Doing it all. Card Wars will be on against all odds tomorrow. And we're going to debut something new. I don't even know if the guys know about this. But we're going to go live on Twitter. And we're going to bet. Dave, have you heard about this first to 10? You could bet on NBA games or college basketball games, the first team to score 10 points. And it's a very exciting bet that lasts about six minutes. And you're screaming. I write about it in my book. I brought Randy, our fr- crazy friend Randy, to Vegas. And he was out of his mind in a sports book. And everybody's looking around like, oh, my God, I'm not going to take this for two and a half hours. How is this? And then he was just silent after his team scored 10. And in every case, his team was down 9-8 with the ball. It was that good. And so we're going to bet on this. And we're going to go live, uh, react to the first uh. 10 points. Uh, the against all odds gang. We'll I can't to wait it. to watch yeah. that. That's going to be spellbinding. Also, Randy, by the way, um, also famous for being possibly kicked out of uh, of the fantasy football league come oh. early September 2021. Is also, that the you know, plan? Who, you know who else is like that? Sal. Sal can oh. also get kicked out in uh, our fantasy football league. I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's true. It's, but you created it about a decade ago, oh, and man. I have the power as usual since I won again. Oh, I better win some of these first to 10 bets. John Hamm could also get kicked out. It's a lot, but then you have to ask yourself, do you really want to be in a league where there's no trophy? What's the point? I'm like a Hench could get kicked out. Simmons can't get kicked out because he already got kicked out. (laughs) Kick Hench out. That's the best. Uh, Hench is on with Dave. Minus three, two episodes, like I said. And a reminder to everyone out there, even though you may feel like underdogs, please remember, you're all my favorites.